it was 18 that I did myself. And then I've probably done another 20 with members in my community and such. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table, because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Hey, business owners, I've got a quick question for you. Do you feel like you're missing the data you need to make strong business decisions? If so, it's probably time to build a CEO dashboard. It's an easy way to get everyone in your company literally on the same page, focusing on the numbers that matter. So the Scalable Company put together a free spreadsheet template that will give you everything you need to deploy your own dashboard. And to make it even easier, Ryan Dice recorded a short training on how to use it. If you want to get your hands on the template, go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash dashboard. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash dashboard, and you can download it for free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch, and I am your host, Roland Frazier. have a very cool guest for you today, and his name is Bjorn Bees Hendricks. Bees, welcome to the show. How you doing? Oh, I am awesome, Roland. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be on, especially with one of my mentors. <laughs> it's uh, it is a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to finding out. You know, it's it's the cool thing about uh, mentorship is that you always learn as you go as well, and you've done a lot of really cool things. As a matter of fact, you were in one of our epic challenges. I think you said it was number seventeen. Seventeen, seventeen. I loved it. I, I actually came in late. I probably joined on like a Monday when you started on a Thursday or something. Yeah. And then I saw everybody mentioning like if things already happened and I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? <laughs> but I called up and uh, your team is amazing. They helped me oh, get through you. it, especially Deanna for sure. That's awesome. Definitely. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's always nice. They are amazing. They, they really are. So you came in um, and you were already, you had already acquired some businesses before, right? Was it in a traditional way? Like, cause had you done no money out of pocket before? T tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I started some businesses that uh, did pretty well. So mm -hmm. I had some capital as well. So following the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki and the cash flow quadrant, yeah. I always stayed in the B quadrant, the business okay. quadrant. I, you know, I'm Jamaican, my background, I, I I was taught as if, yeah, the investor quadrant is not something that you can get to just mm -hmm. focus on the business quadrant. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. But then eventually I started using the money that I was making from other businesses to then start investing. Then I realized that, wait a minute, one of my favorite books was uh, Barbarians at the Gate. RJR Nabisco. Yeah. And I started saying, well, you know what? I've seen these things happen before, the LBOs. I was like, I could do it on a smaller scale, kind of. And then, I, you know, after putting in a little bit of money on the first acquisition, which was a marketing company, then the next one, it was like, oh, well, I could do this completely zero, but I didn't have the full framework. And mm -hmm. then when I eventually found you, I was like, oh, he has it all laid out. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a perfect fit. <laughs> That's awesome. And so now I think you said you'd acquired two companies, but you've also acquired some media assets and things like that as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So a total of seven companies that I've acquired, okay. but a total of 18, what I, what you call the Z dots, the $0 traffic assets. And those were from LinkedIn, I'm sorry, uh, a TikTok and Instagram overall. And okay. what kind of got me into it was the issues that I knew were coming with iOS 14 at the time, it was like, oh, well, I need another option. And that's where I got into acquiring the the customer, the, the, the eyes that you're actually looking for, that you're trying to target in your business anyway. Right. And so for those of you that are uh, watching or listening that don't know, so we, we basically 
have the ability to acquire companies and we teach how to do it with no money out of pocket, not no money down, but no money out of pocket. So it doesn't come from you. Seller still gets money at, at, at closing, but also to acquire media assets. And we call that $0 traffic or Z dot assets, which includes anything from masterminds to Facebook groups and channels on YouTube and TikTok accounts and everything else. So you acquired several of those. Let's talk about that because I think that's really interesting to people. And and you've got a lot more like you got iOS 14 and it's only getting worse there. But you've also got the death of the third party cookie that's coming with Google. You've got um, Facebook's privacy. You got GDPR. You've got privacy legislation in a whole bunch of states in the United States. So it's like very clear that privacy is here to stay and only getting enforced more and more. So targeting options go down. And we've had several people that were spending $100,000, $500,000, million, $2 million a month in ads with Facebook and other media like that that just can't ROI it anymore because it the targeting has gone so that their return on ad spend has dropped to where they can't make a profit. So you basically headed this off the past. You kind of saw it coming. You were like, hey, I'll go get my ideal customer and I'll own the media as opposed to rent. So let's talk a little bit about it and maybe let's do TikTok first. So tell me, how do you approach this and identify what you want to acquire? So an intermediary in the process is influencer marketing, right? Okay. So you don't have to go full ads, but you do influencer marketing and then you start reaching out to influencers with the right customer base and then they put your ad or your offer in front of the audience that matches. Mm -hmm. So I started with that <laughs> and, and that was doing really good. But then I believe heavily in networking. And now, let, let me ask you, let me drill down on that just sure. a minute. So, so for the influencer marketing, were you using a service like FameBit or one of those guys, or were you just doing direct outreach? How did you, how did you identify where to do that? So direct outreach, mainly because one of the companies that I acquired, one of the first ones was a marketing firm. So my whole, the team was doing all the marketing for me. Right. So they're doing all the outreach They're You know, uh, we put together some very good lists in terms of the audience or who had the audience for which businesses and things. And then they were just doing direct outreach. I come from a process improvement background as an IT strategy management consultant for Microsoft and Accenture. So for me, it was, okay, we have to establish a very clear cut process, a methodology of how we're going to approach these influencers right. and validating their, their engagement, not just looking at their, the number of followers, you know, that's part of the process. But then as we started getting better and realizing that, okay, well, they have the audience that we're definitely looking for, and they didn't really value it that much, hmm. right? There were some influencers who had, you know, say a couple hundred thousand followers and we paid, I don't know, maybe 100 to 200 for a quick post. So when mm -hmm. I started thinking, I said, that's not, that's not, I mean, that's a great thing for me, <laughs> but I thought right. that they would value it more being that they have the eyes of, you know, the audience that people are looking for. So right. I met a guy who actually brokered some of them, right? He mm -hmm. said, Hey, I got some TikTok accounts for sale. Now, of course I was skeptical because, you know, it's like, what does that really mean? Like, how, how did you have that? And as he started breaking down how he finds them, how he vets them, but he didn't know what to do with them overall. That's how we kind of partnered up. And I started trying to figure out how to assess, assign a valuation to these accounts, these properties. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I mean, rule of thumb, you could say 50 cents per follower that you have, right? Rule of thumb, but to be honest, I've done it way less than that. Maybe something like five cents per follower that you have. That's for someone that has no idea how to value it. They say, oh, well, I, I didn't know I could sell it, but 
you know, oh, I'd love to do that. What should I do? And then I'd help them to create the valuation for it, even help them to stay, to, to still be involved in it. Cause it's really just the administration of it, right? It's not yep. that I own the account. So yep. Yep. they're still involved in it. They can still utilize it. They're still an admin, but now I don't get blocked when we're trying to post something in a group right. or anything like that. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I found typically it's two to three cents per follower or one year's profit, whichever is greater. That's kind of a formula that, that seems to work for us, right? And there's normally no profit. But if they're doing shout outs and things like that, then, you know, maybe they've got, a, you know, a few thousand dollars of profit. So if they have 100,000 followers, you're talking about two or $3,000 there. Now, of course, you want to be sure that, that it's an active group and the followers aren't fake and don't have, you know, all of that. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But or if they had made five thousand dollars, then basically you'd say, okay, well, it's either two or three cents a follower, which would be two or three thousand, or you made five thousand dollars in profit. No, not in gross, but in profit yeah. off of that. <laughs> so, so that you know, that's the range of what we'd pay. And sounds like you're doing a similar thing there. Is that that right? Yep, yep. yep. The the okay. most I paid was about fifty cents. Okay. Per, but that person, we really wanted that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and the growth and the engagement was above anything else I had seen. So, you know, you, you got to be flexible. I think it depends on on what you're planning on selling too. Like what what's your yeah. end? Because the most we've paid is about $1.50. And that was for a real estate group that had no monetization, but it had, and we did it no money out of pocket. We sold sponsorships, but, um, but it was important to us because a real estate agent that we can get to come to our brokerage is worth a lot of money. So we only oh. need a couple of those to make it, you know, make it worthwhile. So, well, it's yeah. good to have rules of thumb, but you know, like you said, you know, I paid 50 cause we really wanted it cause it was worth it. You know, we paid a buck 50 because it was really worth it. Right. Yeah. In terms of rule of thumbs and when knowing when to break it, one of the rule of thumbs that I gotten from you is that you don't really like to deal with brokers when it comes to the full businesses. So I've challenged my community and my team. I said, let's figure out the best way to deal with brokers because yeah. I know most people yeah. don't want to. So yeah, you got to right. know when to break the rule in order to it, it explore, right? And see what right. else you could come up with. And so what have you come up with? What's, what, when do you break the rule? So in terms of with brokers, what I, what it's really the approach on how we've been communicating with them. So I have the team reach out and instead of saying, Hey, I see you have this, you, you're representing this uh, business for sale. We, we'd reach out and just say, I do healthcare a lot, for example. I've seen your name on a lot of healthcare related businesses for sale. My team is doing this outreach and they'll say uh, our uh, primary investors, they focus on, he focuses on healthcare and we'd love to just establish a relationship with you. So we start approaching them. Like we just want to, you know, network. We actively buy, you're actively looking to sell. We're someone you can reach out to. Oh, by the way, I see this one. That's cool. We'd be interested in it. When all along, that was the real, really the one that we were focused on. So. We build, a, we just build a good relationship with them. Uh, there's still a headache. The broker of this one deal I'm working on right now, he's in Madrid for the last two weeks. So, mm -hmm. and he doesn't want anybody to communicate without him being present. So the deal's just been held up for the last two weeks. Yeah. Gotta love that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you are, well, let's talk about the broker guy that you kind of found. So you just found that person kind of as you were networking and they said, you know, I've got some TikTok accounts for sale. Oh, for the Z dot. Yes, yes, yes. It was at a, a business conference that we were at and we were just talking about, actually I was talking about my strategies to sell e-commerce because that's where I started out when I left um, corporate America. I started out doing Amazon FBA, private labeling. Yep. Yep. And I was talking about my strategies to sell e-commerce without using Facebook ads through 
using influencers mm-hmm. and making sure I'd have the pixel set up to capture that data so that later when I use Facebook ads, it's already the most highly targeted when you create the lookalike audiences and such. And then that person said, oh, so who would you target? They wanted to know more about how I was doing the targeting and who, how do I choose which influencers to work with. Right. And then I told them some of the things like Social Blade and some other sites that we use for, to just to validate engagement and some of the rules that I set up in terms of, yeah, it's only this, uh, between this range of followers and this category and et cetera. And then how we get their, an- their analytics, their insights so that we can see if it matches. And then he said, well, you know, I know a couple of people that actually might want to sell their pages. I could definitely, you know, broker it for a, a percentage or a fee. And I said, yeah, let's go forward. Since then, that guy has helped me to between the ones I've sold myself or purchased myself and the ones I've brokered, like in my community, it's probably about maybe this is close to 40 that we've hit. That's cool. It was 18 that I did myself. And then I've probably done another 20 with members in my community and such. That's great. Now you mentioned social blade, which is a great tool or what, what other tools do you like to use when you're kind of checking these things out? There's another one and I can never remember the name. I think it's something like flanks or something like that. It begins with a pH. I'd have to ask. She's my COO of one of my companies. She remembers everything like that. But that's that's the second one that they give a very good score in terms mm-hmm. of the engagement level. And then they'll look at um, today versus yesterday versus six months and such. So, But it's very similar to Social Blade. It's just another checks and balances for us. Cool. And then so when you start talking to them, then you say, shoot me a screenshot of your insights so that you can kind of take a look and see what's going on in the group. Is there anything that you look for in particular? So... For example, I'm looking for just indicators of not just location and such, but I want to get, I want to build a good portfolio, a good picture of what their average customer looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I won't just look at where the main followers are located. I'd also look at their spending habits. Okay. So now you validate, what do you look for um, in terms of, are are there rules of thumb that you look for? Like I want to see engagements at X percent or something like that. It's, it's really just about the, how recent the engagement has, because you will get these charts that spike and say, okay, yeah, engagement has been high the last few, you know, 30 days or so. It's, Mm -hmm. It's like if you were to look at a Facebook group and it said that, there was 500 posts today versus it being a, a, a group of, you know, 5,000 people, but yet there's only two to 10 posts today. Exactly. So we just established like certain rules of, Hey, if it's less than a uh, hundred posts per day on the Facebook group, or if it's on the site and it's uh, a, cer- a certain amount of like a ratio of likes to comments, mm-hmm. we'll look at that as well. And mm-hmm. recent, because what, what we found a lot is that there'll be people who buy followers. So yeah. their, their, their followers will, they'll do something called a, I think it's called a DM group or something, but basically as someone uh, posts something that everybody in the group will then go and like it. So you yep. get a lot of likes and within the first hour, which is the main metric, how, how many likes and then enga- how much engagement do you get in the first hour? Mm-hmm. But then it would just completely fall off after that. And there would not be the right amount of comments to likes. And I'd have the team focus, follow up on what type of comments. So if it's just a bunch of emojis, eh, that's a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's insightful comments, oh yeah, I love this and blah, blah, blah. Then, then you start to see that. Yeah. So you'll dive in a little bit and look for some actual engagement, right? Definitely. Definitely. Especially in the beginning when I was nervous about this, like Mm -hmm. buying, is this really going to work? 
But then eventually it was just like, okay, as long as I, I knew it, you know, I was a little bit more lenient on the criteria later on. Okay. And then when you make the deal and you've agreed on the transaction, are you using escrow? Yes. Using escrow. In, actually, I won't say in every single case though. I won't say in every single case, but usually using escrow in order to do the transfer and then, you know, just get the administrative rights, change the accounts, the logins and such, and then, you know, pretty much close it after that. Okay. And then once you do that, what do you do about the person who was creating all the content that was generating the engagement before? That's a question a lot of people ask. So you, you should have a plan for how you're going to continue that engagement. Now, for me, it worked it worked out good because I had the marketing company already. So mm -hmm. the, the staff was just put on, okay, continue posting, continue okay. creating. So you, you took it over. Client. Exactly. We took it over, but not me personally. I'm not doing it myself, but, right. Right. <laughs> but the team would take it over. You'd want to, you could even, you know, outsource and find another marketing team that will do it for you, but you want to keep it going, right? Mm -hmm. Why lose an, an active asset? Right. Mm -hmm. Because the people are following it, they're engaging, but on every site, especially Instagram, but even on TikTok, the, the, the longer you go without posting is That's bad. Yeah. yeah. Right. It takes a long time to, to come back from that. It really does. Exactly. To turn it up again. Okay, cool. So, so you've got, you've either got a team, have you done any deals where the person that was doing the posting and such stayed, or is it pretty much all of the marketing team? Every single time we took over the marketing, we did one group. Well, two groups, Facebook groups, mm -hmm. where the people stayed on as admins. But okay. and um, then, what kind of deal did you do with those guys? So that was this, that one was zero dollars out of pocket as well. I had followed your model, as a matter of fact, because I, I heard of when you did the real estate one. I heard that in Epic, and I said, "Oh, okay, cool. Find a sponsor. <laughs> I find someone who wants to get into you know in front of those eyes." Yep. And, and we just do a subscription deal with them. Nice. So we did that. So, so I'm kind of first, cause I, I like the structure stuff, which I want to ask about, but like, so the people that stayed on, what was the deal with them is kind of what I was after. And for them, it's just that they continue to be an admin. They have full access to continue to, they can do no exclusive deals without confirming and vetting it with, with my team, but they stay on as an admin and can promote what they want to as well. Okay. So it's basically they, they're making their money from whatever they were doing before nothing changes. And then you're getting them some compensation somehow from the deals that you're doing. Exactly. And in, in one of the two deals, in essence, we rented it because it was a temporary arrangement. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't expired yet, but after six months, we pretty much turned it back over to them and, you know, we're out. So that one was a lot easier to accomplish. And then we got the eyes that we wanted for that period of time. Nice. And what is the structure kind of on, on those deals? So we got one where the people basically continue to get to do whatever they want to do, but they can't do exclusive with anybody. How, how do you pay them? Like what, how, how is that structured? In terms of if they, what do they get do out of like, why, why do they do the deal? Well, one is we also help them to grow it, grow mm -hmm. the, the property. So the ones that you're talking about for the ones that are staying on and they're going to continue getting it after, right? So yep. we help them to grow the, the group, for example, we also bring the, <laughs> Because I also teach, you know, acquisitions, entrepreneurship, financial, a lot of times in deals, I'll just use me, right? Mm -hmm. So people will say, oh, well, you teach that and then, oh, I want to know more about infinite banking. So then I'll say, sure, I'll, I'll give you some one-on-one uh, -on -one mentorship as well. Okay. So you do of trade it. kind of a sweat, sweat equity or a course swap or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they love cool. that. <laughs> nice. Very good. And then 
you and you do a lot of work with kind of disadvantaged groups as well, right? One hundred percent. That's that's something that's important to me, in particular, helping just the youth overall, right? So that they get a, a better head start in life. Mm-hmm. The things that I've learned in the last ten years, I wish I knew when I was like seventeen, right? So that's become a mission of mine: is just to give back as much as possible, prepare the youth for the real world, because I don't believe that our education system does a good enough job in that. Mm-hmm. So and are you teaching them business skills? Is that kind of what you're working on yes. with them? We start with a foundation of financial literacy, because I know not everybody wants to get into business. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but you need to have an understanding of how money works. Yeah. Right? So we, we start with that, but then we get into entrepreneurship as, as a whole. And then eventually what I believe to be the ultimate investment strategy, mm-hmm. which is business acquisitions. Nice. And what's the foundation that you do that through the group? It's called the Business Builders Institute. Okay. Uh, nice. So we teach plus do the uh, philanthropy through it as well. We did a huge, in the last three years, we did a huge uh, event called November to Remember. Uh, November to Remember, we buy out everything in a local super Walmart. So everything that could be a gift, like toys and bikes and all types of stuff. And then we've uh, worked with some local charities, one in particular called Kids in Distress, where all of those children are in the foster care system. So we load them up on 18-wheeler trucks and bring all of the gifts over. And we did that dur- throughout the pandemic. So we, we couldn't interact with the kids as much, but it was great to right. know that you know they had a good holiday. That's really cool. I love that. Are there any other kind of big takeaways that you've had from from your experience? Let's let's stick with the with the traffic acquisitions. Like maybe any platform takeaways, acquiring things on YouTube or TikTok or any 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 particular like channel specific things. So one takeaway I'll give is more where I see just the trend going. Mm-hmm. Um, the trend is, and most people should know this, that TikTok is a stronger trend than Instagram right now. I hope most people would know that, but in, the, in terms of the acquisitions, the ROI that we've gotten from some Instagram accounts has not been as good as the ROI from TikTok. And I think that's because there's this rule of thumb or something where Instagram only shows your content to 10% of your audience. Yeah. Whereas in TikTok, I feel it, they just showed to everybody, everyone that follows you, plus other people as well. Way better yeah. discovery engine there. The other guys are trying to catch up, but exactly. they kind of screwed themselves with that. TikTok kind of, and I think I just read last night maybe that TikTok just exceeded the number of hours watched per month over YouTube, which is pretty impressive also. Oh, it was over YouTube. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's in, that's an insane metric that people don't realize. And, right. Yeah. But yeah, that, that shows the trend. That shows the trend. Um, I am one that's guilty of thinking that, uh, yeah, TikTok will go awake soon. But <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I think the only risk is a political risk there, right? We yes. don't, that, that's the, that's the wild card, but it yeah. makes sense. It's a channel definitely to, to be focused on. So any tips though, for people on like TikTok specific or YouTube specific or IG or any of those? Nothing specific. The, the process has changed multiple times and I do have my team always updating the process as they see new things. So I'm not the best right. one to ask for it, but cool. yeah, overall just strategy wise is in terms of using TikTok accounts more and YouTube because of YouTube's longevity, right? So you post something in Instagram, it goes away. If somebody doesn't see it that day or that week, yeah. you, know, you know, they may not ever see it. YouTube, people are seeing things that you posted years ago because they, it's relevant to a search that they did. YouTube is a search engine more than it is just a video site, 
right? So, yeah. so just in terms of strategy, that's the two biggest takeaways that I would say is focus on TikTok for sure, but definitely do not neglect YouTube. Ryan here. And look, if you're an entrepreneur, you're busy, right? Whether it's replying to emails or scheduling meetings, whatever, there's a lot of work and a lot of hats that we need to wear as entrepreneurs. And that's why as entrepreneurs, especially if you're a visionary founder, you need help. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but at one point for me, I was getting so overwhelmed with all the little day to day tasks that let's face it, they got to get done, but they don't necessarily need to get done by you. And so when I came to this realization, I said, I got to get help. I need to get a virtual assistant. I got to get a social media manager. And that's when I called my friends at Belay Solutions. Belay Solutions are an incredible uh, organization. Now, look, I don't know about you, but I tried to work with VAs in the past. It was always a disaster. And so I was really, really suspicious of being able to, to make it work. But their process was fantastic. They found out the type of work that I need done, the type of people I like to work with. And they really did match me with a perfect virtual executive assistant. Uh, and this person's been with me now for three years and counting. So obviously, uh, it worked for me and I think it's going to work for you. So here's what you need to do. All right. Uh, the good folks at Belay, they're actually giving listeners to this podcast $300 off the startup cost for their virtual assistants. So you'll pay less than I did. Here's what you need to do. Text LUNCH. All right. Text LUNCH, L-U-N-C-H, to 55123. Again, that's text LUNCH to 55123 to talk to Belay about getting a virtual assistant uh, of your own. You need it. You know you do. And they can make it happen. Now, have you played at all with Telegram or uh, WhatsApp or Slack or any of those other Discord, any of those other kinds of channels? Yeah. So Slack I use in every business. Um, that's just kind of a standard thing mm -hmm. for all of our communication. It integrates with so many things. It's the best communication tool out there, in my opinion. So have you acquired any Slack groups? I have not. I have not. I heard you mention that once and I was like, well, mm -hmm. I, I've never seen one to acquire, but. I've been looking since uh, since Epic 17, I've been looking for a Slack group to acquire. It came to me because um, several of the conferences that I attended would basically set up Slack groups for their attendees. And uh, so, and then they don't really do anything with them, but they've got all these perfect, perfect targeted yeah. attendees that yeah. signed up. So they'll have, you know, six, 8,000 people that are like interested in YouTube advertising yeah. or something like that. And so it just seems weird that they do that and then they go away. Same thing with apps. There's a lot of apps that get created that build groups. And then there's things like Mighty Networks and Circle. And so I think there's a lot of places that people haven't thought to reach out yet to get very, very valuable, focused, high-end people that are exactly who they want in those other channels. And I, I, a lot about Telegram came to me as I didn't realize just from the Russia-Ukraine situation that you know Telegram was used quite a bit for communications when all the social media got taken out and that you can do groups of up to 200,000 people on yeah. there. And so then I joined some of those groups and I was like, well, this is actually really interesting. And then with Discord, um, Discord is very favored by the NFT guys. And so we have some people in, in our War Room and Founders Board masterminds that acquire Discord groups in the crypto space prior to launching their NFTs. And then that's their whitelist group that basically gets first notice, which gives them 100,000 people or so. Like this one uh, guy bought, I think he bought five or six of those groups. He had 100,000 people now that are NFT enthusiasts that are now the whitelist that get 
first option for the NFTs that he launches, he only yeah. launches to communities. So then these people pick up the launch, then it goes to the community. A lot of them sell out, make money. And so he's got this very, very happy, enthusiastic group now of quite a few buyers to do these deals with communities. So it's kind of interesting how different people are using these things, but but the truth is the opportunities are lim limitless. Yeah, yeah. See, on a podcast, I'm learning more right now because <laughs> now <laughs> I'm going to look into that. And you know, I think it's important to also be clear on your your customer avatar, the audience that you're you're seeking, because Discord you're going to find more consumers on, whereas a Slack group is probably going to be more B two B. So if you have a, a business and trying to reach other businesses to sell a service or product, Slack would definitely be a better option for that. So. Yeah, I'm going to look into the Discord thing. I've, I've been coming across Discord more and more, especially when it comes to communities that people mm -hmm. build that follow for a specific uh, reason, like like the NFT community. So that's definitely a good one to consider. I just have not gotten to that yet. Nice. What are you most excited about right now? Right now, so I've been keep uh, the acquisitions that I've done uh, full business-wise, $0 out of pocket, have been under $10 million. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't know why I just did not do something bigger than 10 million. I've, I've had some of them come in front of me, but I just ignored it somewhat. So I'm excited now because I've actually come across a few. There's one that I'm um, in the works with right now. It's a commercial laundromat and it's a $12 million deal. And I was like, yeah, this, it, the, the logistics for zero dollars out of pocket make are pretty simple. It's almost cookie cutter in a way. It's really easy to, to complete. So I'm going through that process right now. Hopefully we could close on that deal. And then my goal after that is to try for a $50 million deal and a hundred million. I love it. Let's keep going. So I love uh, it. I'm building something that I called by the end of this decade, that's a challenge called the trillion dollar room challenge. And my goal is to be in a room with a few people, a bunch of people who we have a trillion dollars assets under management. Nice. And one of the concepts I always tell people is dream big or dream bigger. It's, it's kind of like when people say, uh, go big or go home. And then I say, no, don't go home, go big or go bigger. Well, same thing is dream big or dream bigger. I like and it. when people hear trillion dollars assets under management, they're like, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not. Roland showed me a great way to get to a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, you get a trillion dollars in the room. You just need one person from Blackstone. They got 880 under management and one person from BlackRock and you, you're done. <laughs> I love it. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. I think it's a lot of really cool things. So I just wanted to thank you. So what's the best way if somebody wants to get a hold of you for them to find you? So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn, Bjorn Bees Hendricks. And bees is B-E-E-Z, right? Uh, correct. B-E-E-Z yeah. and Bjorn is B-J-O-R-N. It's a Swedish name, although I'm not Swedish, I'm Jamaican. <laughs> but um, uh, LinkedIn for sure, although I will tell you that my LinkedIn is completely flooded in DMs and such, thanks to John Stoddard. It's all his fault. I don't know if you know his whole strategy that he's using. I know John's, I know John's name. I'm not sure what, what is the strategy. John and Patch, Patch Baker. They put me on to LinkedIn strategy of getting deal flow and I implemented it and it completely flooded my, my LinkedIn. I get so much deals in there. Everybody, oh, I got this for sale. So now I can't even, I don't even go in there anymore in terms of DMs. That's funny. I have to clear that. Okay. Up. Well, now you've got everybody curious. So what, what, what's the thumbnail <laughs> of the strategy? The, the thumbnail of the strategy is that on LinkedIn, you can post basically what's a classified ad. Right. And you're 
you're basically, and you could target specific industries, people in that classified ad. And then mm -hmm. you're saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I actively buy businesses. I'm an investor and I'm looking to buy a business that's X, Y, Z, right? You know, mm -hmm. what's your acquisition criteria? And then those people come to you and say, Hey, I'd like to sell my business. And you would be so surprised how many would come to you for it. So when most people are saying, Hey, but I, I don't even know if I want to get in this space. I don't know how to find a deal. I'm saying, listen, the deals can find you <laughs> too it. much sometimes. What is, uh, and what do you typically spend for something like that? What is it? Uh, it's like less than a hundred dollars a month for the, what's it called? Sales navigator, LinkedIn sales navigator or something like that. Uh -huh. And through that, then you're able to post those ads and, you know, ease. And then, now, there's some limits. I think you can only contact a hundred DMs per week, something, yeah. something along those lines. We have it written down, yeah. but once you navigate around those limits, it's amazing how many deals come your way. That's so cool. Awesome. Well, again, value all the time. I love that. Thanks for being here. People can reach out and find you on LinkedIn. LinkedIn and uh, although and you're not Instagram. responding there. And, and Instagram, Business Instagram. Builder Bees. There you That's go. B business B Builder Bees. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you. Really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to uh, kind of hearing about the 10 and $50 million deals next time. It's coming soon. Definitely. And thank you so much for all that you do, Roland. I really appreciate it. And you're, you're changing lives and helping a lot of people with the information and structure that you put together. Thank Likewise. You. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Take care. What if three days could change the course of your business in 2023? Get Scalable Live is where you'll gain great clarity on the next steps that will help you create the business, life, and wealth you deserve. Connect with business owners and entrepreneurs just like you, hungry for advice, proven strategies, and necessary connections to grow a business. Literally, million-dollar conversations are happening in the hallways, in the bathrooms, across tables. Get Scalable Live at Fairmont Austin, November 2nd through 4th. Tickets are on sale now at GetScalableLive.com.